Welcome to With Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. And I'm Al Kammerer. And today we are talking about Northanger Abbey chapters 20 through 23. Or volume 2, chapter 5 through 8. It depends on which book you're looking at and how you want to go about naming the the chapters because apparently this one is unique to austin (laughs) in that way but even dover doesn't know oh man it's it's getting really confusing i'm not gonna lie (laughs) especially because like i said uh the the audio book is just chapters one two three four five etc all the way through but then Yeah. yeah our print versions reset the chapters on volume two it's just weird it is. But anyway. Anyway. I have the super duper quick recap. You do. I was just going to say that. I do. Uh, and it is going to be super duper quick. So we start off in Bath. Catherine is preparing to go to Northanger Abbey. Finally. Finally. <laughs> and she says goodbye to the Allens and goes over to the Tilneys and they get their stuff ready and they head out. And... It's a little awkward at first, but, you know, because, like, packing stuff, apparently, is very difficult for this family. (laughs) They have a uh, two-seater little, little, uh, not carriage, but, like, cart kind of thing, like, that, kind of like John Thorpe had. And then they have a four-person carriage, which had to take Catherine, Miss Tilney, and her maid, as well as all of their stuff. So, they go off, and then they stop. And then they switch places. And Catherine ends up with Mr. Tilney in the two-person carriage. And they make their way to Northanger Abbey. And all I'm going to say is that I love Henry Tilney so much (laughs) in these chapters. It just makes me happy. And then it rains. And Catherine is very disappointed because not only is it raining, but she doesn't get a really good look at the Abbey as they're coming toward it. And the next thing you know, she's in the Abbey. We're finally at Northanger Abbey. She's there. She's looking at it. And her, like, gothic fangirlness is just going frickin' crazy. Uh, to the point where she gets totally obsessed with this, like, chest of drawers uh, in her room that she's offered. They have dinner, she goes, she tries to go to bed, things get a little spooky. Uh, Then the next day, she wakes up, has breakfast, goes on a walk, she gets a tour, General Tilney is a little weird, Eleanor Tilney, who's Miss Tilney, is a little weird, Uh, but Catherine's just like absorbing all of this. And then, Catherine Moreland comes to the conclusion that the former Mrs. Tilney, who she's been told died when her daughter, her only daughter, was but of the age of 13, is not indeed dead, but possibly being held prisoner within the Abbey. And that's where we end. Yay! (laughs) So... Not gonna lie, when I was reading this section, I was like, this is the most boring section for me. (laughs) Only when they get to the part where she's getting a tour of first the grounds and then the inside. Because Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you're there seeing all this stuff, it's great. But reading like five pages of it is just like, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, yeah, like I got a little... I got a little distracted during those parts. Yeah. It's kind of like, I feel like this, uh, this section is very much like boring. Ooh, interesting and cute and fun. Boring. What the fuck? Boring. (laughs) Yes. For sure. And then another like, wait, what the fuck? Where did this come from? (laughs) There's like, it's like a lot of text and a lot of descriptive stuff with Mm -hmm. like sprinkles of excitement Mm-hmm. in it it's like how can i describe this it's kind of like eating 
gosh, I I love carrot cake, so I don't want to say carrot cake, but like, I don't know, maybe some people don't like carrot cake. So it'd be like eating carrot cake and then you get to a cream cheese layer and then you have to eat like another big chunk of carrot cake and then you get it to another cream cheese layer. It's kind of like that. See, I was going to say it's like a stack of Oreos. Okay. Cookie, cream, yeah. cookie, cookie, cream, cookie, cookie, cream. I can I can get behind that. But like, guys, they're regular, normal Oreos. They're not mega stuff, which, I mean, let's be real. Mega stuff is the only kind of Oreo to get. Let's let's be real. Mm-hmm. 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 Even as somebody who now has to eat gluten-free Oreos, I will still only get the gluten-free double stuffed Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is the correct proportion of cream to Oreo cookie. I don't even know why they still make the regular ones. But actually, that actually works out really well uh, as a descriptor for this because it really is like thin cookie, lots of good stuff, thin cookie, especially at the beginning of this. Because the boring part at the beginning of this section, it really is just very tedious Mm because it's literally, okay, let's organize all of our crap and try to fit it in these two carriages. Yeah. And then... Let's travel a little bit and then let's stop and eat lunch. Yeah. (laughs) But there are some important points that are made. I will say that. Yeah. But you also have to remember that like when they were in Bath, they were shopping. Like Miss Tilney Mm -hmm. purchased a new writing desk that she saw, you know, it's not like she can just call up Ikea and have something delivered to her. Like she saw something cute and she wanted it and they had, they have to get it back. She, she bought clothes and bonnets and ribbons. I'm sure all sorts of stuff while she was in Bath. So. Well, and also, there's a whole extra person than there was on their way to Bath, yeah. or yeah, to Bath from Northanger in the first place. So not only does is there now all of this stuff that they purchased while they were there on vacation, but they're bringing a whole new person and all of the her things and all of the things she has purchased. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like General Tilney, as flustered as he in and in all of this, is just like the dad. When you're on a trip and all the girls, like the daughters, are like buying all this stuff and now there's no place to put it. And he's like, why do we have all this stuff? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's a little bit about how I felt like coming back from my vacation. Because I'm like, <laughs> I bought all this stuff and I was like really super tightly packed on my way to my vacation. <laughs> so on the way home, I was just like, crap. <laughs> yep. Yep. But so on top of that, like one of the things with... Uh, General Tilney is that you can see that he does get a little frustrated in certain points in uh, these chapters and I want to point out that we have to remember that he is a general Mm -hmm. and you know that comes with like certain like expectations and like certain like a certain type of uh, what's the word I'm looking for like routine yeah he's he's used militaristic like he has military training He's used to things being on time and being like scheduled and like everything being in its place and stuff like that. And I think that that's important to remember as we kind of go through this a little bit, because some of the things that he does, if you're not remembering that he's so used to like being on a schedule and certain things being a certain way, it might seem really odd. Mm -hmm. But so they set off from Bath to Northanger Abbey. Uh, they stop for lunch and to refresh the horses. And the annotated version of this book goes into this whole thing about the system in which people would travel and changing out horses and why General Tilney is being really thoughtful and having four horses instead of two horses and how they can travel. And I won't bore you with all the details. They stop, they get, they refresh their horses, they refresh themselves, and then they head back out on their way. The difference is, though, that when they left Bath, it was General and Mr. Tilney in one carriage. The open carriage. The open carriage. Uh, the two-person carriage. And then in the four-person closed carriage was Miss Tilney, uh, Eleanor, which is her name, uh, their maid, and Catherine. Mm-hmm. Now, when they leave their their halfway marker, General Tilney comes up to Catherine and says, oh, hey, let's switch places. And when I first read it, I thought he was actually talking about how he wanted to ride in the two-person carriage with Catherine. And I thought that was really (laughs) creepy because I'm already getting creeper vibes from him as it is. But it turns out that he wanted 
Catherine to ride with Mr. Tilney. Yes. And I was just like, yay! And then, much like Catherine, Mr. Allen's words came into my head when it was like, this is inappropriate. But it's not as inappropriate as it was with John Thorpe because there is a senior member of the family traveling with them. Yes, and he is in the carriage just ahead of them, so Mm -hmm. they can't go off on their own. He always has an eye out. Exactly. But I got the feeling that General Tilney is like, you should go spend this ride with my son because I want you to like my son. So... I know I'm not allowed to say things because I know things, so I'm just not going to say anything right now. (laughs) That is almost the same as saying something. (laughs) (laughs) There are actually several instances in this section where you get the vibe that General Tilney either knows more than Catherine or senses more than Catherine does in regards to the relationship she has with his son Henry Tilney the other instance um I'll point out which I know we're not there yet but I'll just say it now is when he they're talking about the tea sets when they're eating oh anyway I'll have to describe the tea sets anyway so the two the hero and the heroine of this story get to spend some time together alone quote-unquote Uh, even though they're in an open carriage, so literally everybody can see them, uh, (laughs) as they travel to Northanger Abbey. And it's the best part of these whole chapters, because Henry Tilney is so fucking cute. Like, tell us about the conversation that Uh, that he has with her. He's just going all in on this whole, like, gothic novel thing. Like, he is... Like, they're talking about Northanger Abbey and how Catherine is so excited to be there. And then he's just like, okay, well, what if your rooms are so far away from the rest of the house and everybody else and you're there alone and it's storming and you find a find a secret door? Are you going to be scared? Are you going to go through the door? Of course you're going to go through the door. And what are you going to find when you go through the door? But a chest of drawers. And you're not going to be able to open it. And then when you do finally open it, you're going to find this and that and the secret, secret manuscript. And there's going to be a tunnel that's going to take you two miles hence to the, to, you know, this, this other place just down the road. And are you going to follow? Of course you're going to follow. And she's like, oh no, of course not. I'll be so scared. And he's like, and then your candle will go out and you'll be left in the darkness and it'll be so scary and terrifying. And oh my goodness, Catherine, what are you going to do? Because of course all of this is going to happen at Northanger Abbey. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that he does this and I believe, and I, I can't remember if it's explained later, but I definitely, the first time I read it, Um, I was like, oh, he did this on purpose because later on in the section, it's Catherine's first night there and she comes across a chest in her room Mm -hmm. and a Mm -hmm. cabinet that is very much like the one he described with some papers Mm -hmm. in it. And I believe that he knew the room she would be in and he knows it well. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like he purposefully described the things in his like crazy gothic story to like get her imagination going so that when she got to that room Uh she'd be like oh my gosh like I feel like it's almost like a little scavenger hunt but not really it's just like (laughs) I know where she stayed let me put some elements in there let me you know well so not to disappoint you because I do find that that headcanon is quite good because I do really enjoy that but Based on the annotated version, and anybody who's read Mysteries of Udolfo or um, the other one, The Romance of the Forest by Radcliffe, he's essentially describing those stories and, like, the general thing that happens in those stories uh, to the point where, like, there are certain specific things, like uh, the main character in uh, Udolfo, Emily, she is removed from the rest of the house and her room is in a very separate area and she finds a doorway to a different place within a tapestry and she finds that black and gold like wardrobe type situation that she could finds like papers in and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so 
while I would love to think that Henry was like, oh yeah, no, this is totally going to happen because I've planted it or I just happen to know these things. He's actually describing Mysteries of Udolpho, which he knows Catherine has read and they've talked about it before. So that's why I think she's like really going along with it as well. Cause that's the other thing is she's not like, oh my gosh, this is so spooky. She's, she knows he's kind of like, joking and not making fun of but like kind of really like playing into the whole idea that oh no this is definitely a gothic novel this is definitely like Northanger Abbey is definitely going to be just like this thing in this book or this place in this book so Hmm. but we know that Henry Tilney has read those books we know he's read Mm -hmm. Mysteries of Udolpho so like I still feel like there's a way that it could work because he would know that's in there. He knows he has pieces, like, in his house that could potentially, like, would. but anybody would have pieces like that in their house. But, like, mm-hmm. he describes specifically, like, there's enough similarities that, like, it would pique her interest, but it's not completely. But here's the thing. So, like, the chest of drawers that she finds... We actually hear her convince herself that the yellow on this chest of drawers in the right light looks gold, which is what he described as a black and gold chest of drawers. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's less that Henry was right and more that Catherine is making it so that Henry is right. (laughs) Oh, I can see that, too. But I also just feel like. He knows what he's doing, and he's doing it I on mean, purpose. <laughs> I think that that is true. He does yeah. know what he's doing. Yeah. And he is doing it on purpose. And it's just, it's fucking adorable that yeah. he's just, like, totally, like, like playing into it, and she's eating it up, and she's by no means, like, he's not making fun of her specifically, and she's by no means, like, taking offense. She's playing into it as well, and yeah. it doesn't really hit her as to how ridiculous all of this is until she's there, And she realizes that she is starting to believe that this stuff is true. Because when she was with Henry, like, obviously, oh, no, none of this is going to happen. This isn't true. And then she gets there and it's like, oh, shit, this shit is true. What? (laughs) And that's where it kind of gets a little, a little ridiculous. Because when we're on this journey, we're reading this and we all know that none of this is true. It's just joking. And she's playing along and everything like that. And then she gets to the Abbey. And actually, some of the stuff about, like, how, like, the gothic novel is now kind of kind of becoming true for Catherine actually starts before they even get to the Abbey. So I don't know if you want to move on yet. Yeah, or if we you can. Want to keep yeah, no, 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 no. Let's okay, keep okay. going. Yep. Okay. Okay. So when they're trying or like when they're arriving, Catherine keeps like looking and she wants to see the Abbey as they're approaching it. And she really wants to take it in its grandeur. And it's like, I think she said like stony walls and like mossy and Ivy and stuff like that. And she really wants to see it, but then it starts raining and like, she can't see anything. And like the way the road is set up and with the trees and stuff, she doesn't get a good look at the Abbey at all before she arrives. So then she's like underneath the porch and she's like in the house. She doesn't get a good look at it outside. And apparently that is also very much a trope of these Gothic novels is that the women don't see the houses before they're there, before they're inside. They don't have that like that visualization of it or that, that image of it before they approach. So she's already making that connection. Like, oh shit, I didn't get to see the house before I was in the house. And now she's in the house. Yeah. (laughs) And she's looking around. And uh, I will say Catherine is like immediately like right off the bat a little disappointed because it's not quite as like gothic and old and kind of like creepy as she would like it to be. It's Mm -hmm. a bit more modern, which we all know is probably the fact that this wasn't initially built as a house it has been modernized um also having a modern house definitely shows off the wealth of the family which we get the like get the idea that that is something that's kind of important to mr tilney is that he shows off oh yes no we have we have wealth so but yeah so catherine is a little bit little bit disappointed uh but she's taking in the house and this is where we get the other like 
Oreo cookie part of the story. Right. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Tilney and all of that was the, was the cream. Now we have the sandwich cookie again. <laughs> um, because we get these descriptions of the house and it's kind of boring. Uh, so let's move back on to the next filling, which is uh, Catherine is escorted to her room, mm-hmm. which is not far away from everybody else. It's actually like right across from like Eleanor or like right next door to Eleanor. So she goes in there and she's supposed to change and she's kind of like looking around and then she sees this like chest and it's old and there's like carvings on it and she's just like, oh, I wonder what's in here. This looks very intriguing. And then she goes to open it and she can't quite get it open because it's heavy. And I think she's able to just lift it after a while because it was like stuck because it's heavy yeah and then she looks inside but then right like before she can really like take a good look around it eleanor comes over and uh she's like oh hey let's go it's dinner let's go and Catherine is rushed out you know like to go downstairs for dinner she does see so there's there's two chances she has with the chest. The first time is yeah. like she's trying to get it open and the maid comes in and she's like, Oh crap, oh, I can't be was. snooping. Yeah. And then the second time she does get it open and she looks in and all that's in there are essentially bed sheets, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's referred to as white cotton counterpane, which is like essentially bed sheets or blankets or whatever. Yeah. And that's when Miss Tilney comes in and catches her and she's like, Oh, isn't that a great chest? <laughs> She's like, oh my god, I'm looking at your stuff. She's so embarrassed. And Miss Tilney's like, whatever, it's just a chest. We just put stuff in it. She's like, I don't even know why it's in here. But it's good for, like, sheets or dresses or bonnets or whatever. But it's really heavy, so we just tuck it in that corner. Well, yeah, so that's the thing, is that, like, uh, Eleanor is just like, oh, yeah, no, like, we needed a place to put it. It works in this room. Figured we could put stuff in it. Yeah, no big deal. It's also heavy. I don't want to move it. Eleanor is the woman of the house. Mm -hmm. She is the one who is responsible for where furniture goes, essentially. So she's just like, ah, put this chest in this room. And Catherine (laughs) is just like, ooh, old chest. It must be something mysterious. (laughs) And it's not. (laughs) Yeah. But either way, Eleanor is like, hey, let's go. We got to go to down- downstairs to dinner. Yes, because General Tilney likes to be on a schedule. Yes. And this is where General Tilney does a little bit of gaslighting. So they go downstairs to the... Uh, the dining room. They're in like the parlor first. Yeah. I couldn't think of that word. And then he's just like, he brings the bell and he's like, dinner on the table now. Let's go. And uh, everybody's like, okay, fine, let's go. And then they go and they sit down. And uh, then he starts to kind of like talk to Eleanor. Like, why did you make Catherine rush? Look at her. She's out of breath. Like, you shouldn't have made her rush. And in my brain, Eleanor is just like, you motherfucker. Like, you're you, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. I would have been in trouble had we not rushed. <laughs> General Tilney is a lot of the men in my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the older generation guys that are like, Come on, come on, come on, come on. And then you're like going and then you're like, why are you calm down? Like take a deep breath. And it's just like you wanna go. Whatever. Even yeah. Patrick's like that. <laughs> it's like had Eleanor not rushed Catherine, Eleanor would have gotten yelled at. And now that she did rush it <laughs> Catherine, she's being scolded for rushing. <laughs> she's damned if she does, she's damned if she doesn't. Yep, yep, yep. But they have they have dinner. Uh and they talk about the uh tea set, I believe. Is or is that in the morning? The I tea set's remember. in the morning. Oh, okay. So let's talk about that evening. And I feel like I've talked a lot. So how let's have you talk about what happens this evening. Okay, sorry, let me get to that part of my book. <laughs> <laughs> So when they're at dinner, it's actually not too much going on at that first dinner there. It's really Mm-mm. just kind of like, hey, Catherine, what do you think of this house? What do you think of this room? How does it compare to where you were staying with the Allenses? How does it compare to your parents' place? You know, he's trying to, like, get a sense of her experiences and, like, trying to connect to, like, how she might live, maybe, mm-hmm. in this section. So he's, like, fishing for those details, but he's also a little bit fishing for compliments, which mm-hmm. she totally gives him in abundance. And, like, he's like, great. Because 
there are things I want to say, but I don't want to spoil because it like is spoilers. Um, but basically what I will say is like, he has this image of Catherine that is, it's accurate, but it might be a little bit more inflated than how she actually is. Okay. I can see that, especially because like, again, like we get those little creepy vibes from him where it's like, is he attracted to Catherine? And we still, well, no, no, no. But that's like what we were getting in the story. And uh, we still get a little bit of that in these chapters as well, because it's very clear that he wants to like impress Catherine and he wants to get those compliments and stuff like that while also sussing her out. Yes. So, but I will say just because this is in the book and it is ex- it's not fully explained, but hints are dropped that he's doing this specifically for his son, Henry Tilney. Yes. Yes. It's, Actually, it's, I yeah. was going to bring that up mm-hmm. because uh, in the next section or not in the next section, but uh, later on, he does a whole tour of the house. Yeah. And that's actually brought up in the annotated version is that like, yeah, throughout this tour of the house, which is another sandwich cookie part where it's not that interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's very much to kind of be like, look at all of this. Look at all of this. Isn't this impressive to you? Look at how wealthy we are. So he can impress that on her for his son yes and then he shows her the rooms at toward the end of the tour that are like the nicer rooms in the house Mm -hmm. that like are only for the nicest like most honorable of guests like impressive Mm -hmm. people who come to stay with them and he implies that her family could stay there because Mm -hmm. he's thinking the family would be either would be used to this, but it's like just impressive enough that he would still make an impression on them, but Mm -hmm. also like keeping up with what he thinks their affluence level is, Mm -hmm. which it is a little skewed. um, But yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to impress Catherine. Basically he's trying to impress her and he's doing it because he, he wants her to be with his son. Like, yeah, I'll just, yeah. yeah, he wants that. Yeah, he wants we, we, which it, it, it's kind of interesting because in the text itself, like I said, like, I personally get creeper vibes from General Tilney. It's very much like, is he interested in Catherine? That's the vibes that I get from the text itself. But we already know that she ends up with Henry mm-hmm. and we already know that she has a crush on Henry. Uh, so it makes sense to shift that thought of, is General Tilney interested in Catherine to General Tilney is interested in getting Catherine to like Henry. Yes. So that's where we need to have this shift. Now, don't get me wrong. The idea of these like creeper vibes from General Tilney are still going to be there because you have to like actively remind yourself, no, he's doing this for his son. But yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's it's clear that he is doing this for his son and we should all recognize that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so that's what happens at dinner. They're just like mm-hmm. kind of talking. He's like fishing for compliments and he's like, you know, as you said, to use your words, sussing her out. Mm-hmm. Um, then dinner ends. She goes to bed and she comes across a piece of furniture in her room that she did not notice before, which mm-hmm. is a cabinet in mm-hmm. the Japanese style. Mm-hmm. It is black and yellow. Yes. Which she convinces herself is close enough to the black and gold that Henry Tilney described in their little chat. The ebony. <laughs> ebony and gold. But it is not ebony. And she even like says like, oh, it's clearly not ebony, but like it could, it could look almost like it. And this yellow could totally be gold in the candlelight. <laughs> Again, this is just highlighting like one, of course, it's Catherine's like naivete and like how she lives in these books and she's like looking for that adventure that she Mm -hmm. gets from her books and in her real life but at the same time it also kind of shows like how inequipped she is to like distinguish like high quality pieces from Mm -hmm. lesser quality pieces and like she says it's like japanese in style but is it really japanese in style we don't know it likely Mm -hmm. might not be that's just how Mm -hmm. she's interpreting this so yeah yeah because if it were 
um if if it was a piece that actually was japanese in style and stuff like that those were more expensive pieces and likely wouldn't be in the room that she was in yeah they would be in like the fancy rooms where general tilney wants to put people to impress them well and also i just want to point out that uh in this whole this whole section, this whole part that we're talking about now where she is looking at this thing and she's like sussing out all of these things, she is using a tallow candle, which are not of very high quality mm-hmm. and therefore do not put off the best light. Mm-hmm. So she is seeing things through like poor lighting, very poor lighting to the point where I think she accidentally snuffs out her own candle while she trying does. to like yeah yeah make the lighting better and it doesn't work yeah so because tallow candles were used like right before you went to bed to make sure that you could like get into bed without hurting yourself yeah (laughs) (laughs) but not to like keep you awake you're not gonna read by these lights or like do anything yeah you literally just like walk from like the door to your bed with this light like with this candle that's it that's all it's good for Uh, but not Catherine. She's using it to examine this piece of furniture. And it has the key in it. So, like, clearly mm-hmm. there's nothing of value in this thing. But she's like, ooh. And so she turns it to open it. But she can't get it open. She's like, oh, mysterious. But really, she just fucking locks it. <laughs> it's, like, already <laughs> unlocked. And she locked yep. it. And she's like, why can't I do it? And she jiggles it some more and, like, gets it to pop open. Um, and so she's going through all the drawer- the drawers in there. They're all empty, nothing. Checking for false bottoms. She's like a regular Columbo. <laughs> like, <laughs> emphasis on Columbo because she's yeah, like yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, and then she comes to another set of smaller doors that are inside of it that also have a key. And she like jimmies that one open. And AKA she, she unlocks it and opens yeah, it. it. Basically. Yeah. And yeah. she finds some papers in there. And she's like, oh. It's just like how Henry told me the girl I could possibly come across a cabinet and find this manuscript that this heroine who was writing just before her untimely demise and like, what can it say? And she's like getting it ready and she's like going to read it by this candle and she's so excited and she snuffs her candle out and she can't Mm -hmm. read anything. (laughs) And now it's darkness. Yeah. Well, she decides to leave it. Like, she's just like, okay, time to go to bed. But there's a storm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. As there are. (laughs) (laughs) This whole time it's been storming, so it makes it extra creepy. And uh, she just cannot fall asleep because she keeps hearing things and she's, like, spooking herself out. She's just trying to think about, like, what these letters could be and stuff. And then eventually she falls asleep. The next morning, she goes back to the drawers and realizes... Well, no, she goes back to the drawers and back to the to the papers. And she goes through the papers. And they're fucking receipts. Yeah. they receipts for, <laughs> like, like, laundry services, laundry. food, like, yeah. barriers. Like, just, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're not even, like, old pieces of paper. <laughs> they're just, like... <laughs> they're not, like, she thought they were weathered. And, like, you know, there were, like, dates that were really old. And she was probably just looking at, like, a price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she also realizes that the reason why she couldn't get the doors open is because she locked them before yes. unlocking them. So, and then she realizes that she did that and all of these things and she's realizing her mistakes. Yeah. And she is super embarrassed that she thought that this was some big grand thing um, and everything. And she's just super embarrassed. And she's so glad that like nobody else is like sees her or knows that this has been happening to her for the last like 12 hours. Yes. <laughs> and she's just like, oh my goodness, I'm so ridiculous. Like, what the hell is wrong with me? Well, she specifically thinks of Henry Tilney and yeah. like, thank God he doesn't know it. Which <laughs> when I read that part, I'm like, there he has to have like known a little bit of something that would like pique her interest in a room she would be staying in like not to the extent like the papers would be there or anything like that but just like i mean he did know because he knows that she's so into these novels and he knows how naive she is so like he knew yeah he knew that like something would get her like that. He, yeah. he didn't know. I don't think he knew what specifically, no. but he knew something would. Yeah, because she would just find it. Yeah, yeah. 
But either way, Catherine, like at the end of this, like that night, that morning, she's just like, okay, I'm ridiculous. This is silly. Like nothing in here is going to be like the novels that I'm used to. It's so embarrassing. Blah, blah, blah. I'll just get ready for breakfast and enjoy my day. Like Mm -hmm. she's just like, I'm done. This is stupid. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to be this stupid anymore. (laughs) Cut to the end of this section. No, I'm just kidding. We'll get there in our own time. But literally cut to the end of this section where she is like being silly. Um, Okay, let's go down to breakfast. So she goes down to breakfast. And mm-hmm. Henry Tilney is there, and, like, mm-hmm. they're talking about, mm-hmm. like, flowers, hyacinths specifically. Mm-hmm. She is not into flowers, but she's like, your sister taught me to like these flowers. And he's, like, very amused by this. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, and then everybody, the rest of the family comes down. They're having breakfast. The tea set is brought out, and he's, you know, General Tilney again, trying to kind of, like, impress her. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about the tea set and where it was made and, like, these are particular, the places he's mentioned are very well known for making extraordinary pieces, whether it's for, like, crockery or, um, serving sets or whatever it is. Like, these are very well known places and they're famous for their high quality. Mm Mm-hmm. And he talks about the one that they have, and he's like, you know, it's great. It was great for the time, but he, this person has gotten so much better, and, like, the stuff he puts out now is so much better. And I'm thinking, even though I can't buy my own tea set, why would I do that? I already have this one. That would be frivolous. I'm not that vain. But perhaps there'll be, be a time where someone else looking pointedly at Catherine, will be able to pick one out. Like for your marriage. (laughs) Like for when you move in with my son at Woodson. Um, Yeah, basically. I mean, couples, when they get married, they purchase tea sets. Yeah. Because they need one. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just like, hey, you should, this will be one for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. But Catherine doesn't get it. Everybody no. else at the table understands exactly what he's talking about because everybody else is like in cahoots that like this pending nuptial will come to take place. Uh, but Catherine does not get it. Which is which is interesting because she also had absolutely no idea whatsoever that uh, John Thorpe was pretty much proposing. Yes. <laughs> She has no idea. And that is obviously a running theme here. She had no idea she was being ridiculous about the gothic stuff. She has no idea when people are pretty much telling her they want to marry her or when people's families are telling her that they want to marry her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. And these things, all of the things, are yet to come back to bite her in the butt, including the stuff with John Thorpe. Well, so then I believe Henry leaves for the day. He leaves actually he has for to a go little back. bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he goes has to, to his go estate. home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is 20 miles away from Northanger Abbey. Um, He has mm-hmm. business there he has to take care of. And then this leads... Because he's a, he's a clergyman, so he has to go back and do clergyman stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he's been able to be away is because he has somebody else filling in for him. Yeah. So he's got to go and handle his shit because he's been gone for weeks and yes. weeks. And it's at this time that General Tilney kind of brings up another thing that is meant to, like, impress Catherine or at least give her the sense that, like, his son is like an eligible bachelor. Um, and that is, he doesn't have to work, but it's good for him to do so. And he also says the same thing about his oldest son, where like, mm-hmm. you know, he is due to inherit, you know, a quite a grand estate, but having employment for him is good for him, right? Well, so I totally agree with uh, General Tilney on that point that, yes, for Captain Tilney, he definitely needs employment. He, yeah, he needs uh, stuff to yeah. distract him from he, his He pursuit. needs lots and lots of employment. Uh, yeah. But I don't quite understand the thing with Henry because, like... Henry is the second son, so he wouldn't necessarily be inheriting as much as, like, his brother would and stuff like that. So that's 
I don't know. I, I found that that was I found that interesting because I thought that it was odd that he's suggesting that Henry's going to inherit a lot when he probably wouldn't. I think he's just trying to give the impression that they have wealth um, because, you know, he says, like, I only have two children younger than my oldest son who will stand to inherit everything. Like, mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, maybe other families who might be larger at the time and, like, it might be harder to distribute that wealth. Um, so I think, again, he's just, like, putting on the air that, like, they have enough money that his kids don't need to work, but yeah. they will. Um, also, perhaps, you know, he doesn't say this, but he could be thinking, like, just thinking of, like, the times, like, his daughter is, you know, in a place of wealth. She will stand to marry well. So mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily have to worry too much about her. He can settle a small inheritance on her as long as she marries well. And then, you know, or not yeah, small, but like smaller, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know for sure. That's just me interpreting it that way. Um, and after he goes through that, he's like, all right, well, let me show you around. Let's go outside. Or do you want to start inside? Let's start inside. Wait, you know what? It's really nice. Let's go outside. Do you want to go outside? Do you want to stay inside? Like, that he's like back and forth, essentially. <laughs> he's like a confused puppy or something. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, daughter, what do you think? And then he just like steamrolls and answers his own question. He does this a lot where he's mm-hmm. like, she asks him about Henry Tilney's place. And he's like, oh, Eleanor, what do you think? Girls are always better at like talking about how houses are. But let me tell you about what's in myself. <laughs> like, this is a theme with this man. Yeah. And he he then takes them both outside. They both go walking. Uh, Eleanor, Catherine, and himself. Uh, and pretty much is just walking around the grounds showing it off. Like, he's showing off the quote-unquote plantation which is where they're growing trees that they can chop down and regrow uh his quote-unquote hot houses or greenhouses mm-hmm. uh where he is growing fruits, veggies. Uh, fruits and veggies including pineapples which is very rare for the time yes yeah and uh i think he shows off the stables too or maybe that was just mentioned like farriers were mentioned somewhere else i don't quite remember the details because again this is part of the cookie part of oreo and not the cream filling yeah this is just like a (laughs) list of like all of his stuff like i feel like you're supposed to feel exhausted when he's taking Catherine around outside Mm -hmm. and around inside because we're supposed to be feeling what she is feeling, which is Mm -hmm. like, this is incredibly tedious. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Let's get to the good stuff. And finally, a good thing does come about. So Miss Tilney, they're going to head back in toward the house. And Miss Tilney is like, ooh, let's go through this closed grove of spooky trees, all Hansel and Gretel style. And Catherine's Mm -hmm. like, ooh, yes, let's do that. And General Tilney's like, but the sun and my field of, like, luxurious green grass. And, like, Mm -hmm. this is better. And the girls are, like, just basically slowly walking that, <laughs> like not listening he's like all right fine you guys go that way i'll go this way and we'll meet up mm-hmm. which is also like Catherine is also really happy about that because she is feeling very tired of general tilney and yeah. now she can spend some time with her friend and kind of you know talk to her and eleanor definitely piques her interest by bringing up her mother who she has yet to talk about. Like, we have yet to hear anything about the Mrs. Tilney. Yes. And we find out that, uh, and I can't remember if all of this was dumped at this moment or if it was dumped later on, because I can't remember when exactly they were talking about Mrs. Tilney. But essentially what we find out is that she passed away when Eleanor was about 13. And she passed away so quickly that Eleanor wasn't able to come back from where she, I can't remember where she was to see her before she passed away. And Catherine finds that that is very odd. Yes. She also learns uh, that there is not a portrait of Mrs. Tilney in the main portion of the house. And she finds that this very odd because normally there are portraits of family members, especially those that have passed away on display, especially the woman of the house. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out according to Eleanor that general Tilney doesn't care for the portrait of Mrs. Tilney that was painted. So he doesn't display it. 
but Eleanor does. She has it on the walls in her room. Mm -hmm. And Catherine is very taken aback by this. She finds it very suspicious that he, A, doesn't talk about his wife, doesn't have, and then doesn't have a picture of her anywhere. And this is where her little gothic novel fangirl brain starts ticking again like she was really embarrassed about like what happened before and she turned it off but now it's kicked back into full gear because she's starting to find general Tilney very suspicious she yes so all the things you described happen in this part and the whole reason why mrs tilney is finally brought up is eleanor is like oh this was my mother's favorite walk and that's what led them into that conversation what Catherine decides at this point is that general tilney was a cruel husband to his wife because Mm -hmm. he prevented Eleanor from getting home faster to see her mother before she died. She doesn't know how mm-hmm. he prevented that, but like in her brain, she knows. She knows. <laughs> like there was something that happened, something suspicious, or maybe he waited too long before, mm-hmm. you know, he said something and like she was delayed in getting back. And then two is the portrait thing that he doesn't have it up. Now, all of these things mean that General Tilney, not an okay guy. At this point, this is what Mm -hmm. she's thinking. And now us remember as readers, like we were already suspicious of him because it felt like he was trying to court Catherine for a while. And now while we do know that that's not the case, he's actually trying to court Catherine for his son. Like we were already suspicious of General Tilney. And now we're like, ooh, even more suspicious because Catherine finds him suspicious now. We're not the only ones. Yeah. Well, so... (laughs) That's your interpretation. I know. I have, I'm reading it for the yeah, first time. <laughs> well, but I'm also like remembering back to like when I was reading this and like, yes, you're supposed to feel like, you know, there's something going on. But at the same time, like we know Catherine is kind of silly. Like look at the cabinet issue. Kind look of the, silly. Yeah. Look at the truck <laughs> issue. Like she, she isn't reliable and it's not her fault she's not reliable in the sense that john thorpe isn't because he's like purposely misleading her Mm -hmm. she's just unreliable because her naivete so Mm -hmm. like that coupled with like the list of things that um eleanor is saying about you know what happened with her mother and why her portrait isn't up to me feels like general tilney is a really hurt man and he can't stand to look at the portrait of his wife because it makes him sad so she she does catherine does kind of think that a little bit too and i did also get that vibe but I don't know. And maybe this is just me. I don't know. It could just be because I'm reading it for the first time. You guys let me know if you're if you thought this too when you were reading it or if you thought this now that you're reading it. But like, I am super sus of him. Like I'm feeling super sus. And had I not read the annotated version and heard about like, oh, well, General Tilney did this to impress Catherine for his son, blah, blah, blah. I would still be thinking that he wants Catherine and yeah. not Henry. Yeah. Well, we know Henry wants Catherine, but I would be thinking that General Tilney wants Catherine. And now that he doesn't have a wife, ooh, well, if he did this weird thing for his wife, maybe he's looking for a new wife. And see, now I'm falling down the rabbit hole of all this weird stuff and how <laughs> I can't trust General Tilney. Because, I, yeah, I think Austin is doing a pretty darn good job of making General Tilney sound really sus. And it... It started before we got to Northanger Abbey as well. So it started before Catherine realized that she was being ridiculous with this whole gothic stuff. And again, you are supposed to feel those things. And like, by no means, and I'm not saying that General Tilney doesn't do things that are not correct or that are not gentlemanly in the book. Because there will come an instance, and I'm remembering it now, where he does behave in an ungentlemanly way when he's given a piece of information that he did not fully fledge out. Um, so we do have that to look forward to. And like, I feel like the buildup of this, these little sprinkles of like suspicion is to get us to that point where he does something that is wrong, that isn't right. Okay, so... 
Again, I haven't read it. So I'm just going to say right now, General Tilney creeping on Catherine because he likes her and he put his wife or he did something bad to his wife. There we go. There, <laughs> there we, go. we go. I'm I'm full on the Catherine train now. Well, I'm thinking I'm thinking something weird. He was a bad husband. I'm thinking weird shit. Well, I'm, I'm sort of sort of lying, but I can see how I can see how somebody reading this can think that way. <laughs> well, then let's go ahead and come up to the last big part of this section. And that is the tour of the Abbey. We don't mm-hmm. need to go through every little bit of the Abbey because it's boring AF, guys. It is definitely Oreo sandwich cookie bit, it not is. cream. The only bit of cream. Is they're going along this one particular passage that is still looking kind of like the old monastery that it used to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you see the cells, you see indentations of where cells would have been for the like mm-hmm. priests or whoever was living in this place would have been. Um, but again, it's been a bit modernized, so it's not mm-hmm. like as authentic as it was. But Catherine isn't really permitted to like explore this area it's just pointed out and then they go through his rooms they go through henry tilney's rooms and they come Mm -hmm. back loop around and eleanor is throwing open this door and i don't know it was like a hall or like a particular place Mm -hmm. and general tilney is like what are you doing she doesn't want to see that stop doing that and he's like kind of angry and he's like she's tired this is enough no more and like let's go and Catherine. Like, just got this little peek beyond there, and she could, like, see a corridor and, like, another staircase. And she was like, mm-hmm. hmm. And she hears Miss Tilney say quietly, so her father can't hear her, oh, this was my mother's section of the house I was going to mm-hmm. show you. But they don't get to see it. Mm-mm. And this is where Catherine starts to get very suspicious to the point where, after they have finished their day, she gets back to her room and she's like obsessively looking for what General Tilney is doing because right before she went to bed, he's like, oh, I wish I could go to bed, but I have matters of the nation ahead of me. I have all this stuff I have to do, blah, 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 blah. Catherine's like, what's so important that you can't go to bed? <laughs> Not realizing <laughs> that like work is important. <laughs> I mean, that's my state of, like, that's, that's, that's like my life. Like, I go to bed and I'm like, husband, I'm going to bed. And he's like, I'll be in in like an hour. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why? It's bedtime, dude. Like, sleep. Let's go. Yeah. So she's like, what is he doing? What? That's so weird. And so she gets to her room. She's looking out the window across, like, you know, the courtyard or she refers to as it's referred to as the quadrangle in here mm-hmm. um and she can see into the space or well she doesn't know if she can see into the space but like she's looking for his lamp to like see if he moves about the house and goes to like the restricted mrs tilney area of the house and she can't mm-hmm. she can't see that she doesn't know he's doing that but she builds it up into her head that he is keeping a deep, dark secret, and there's nothing like these. This work is not important. He's a general, guys. His work is important. But to her, she's like, this <laughs> isn't important. He is staying up because he is doing something suspicious. Oh my gosh, when we were up in this part of the house, the part with the cells, it's connected to where Mrs. Tilney's rooms were. Oh my goodness. He's we we didn't go into either parts of those places, and he's gonna go in there. Why would he go in there? To, like, mourn his wife? No! To check on his prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> she she puts it in her head that Mrs. Tilney's rooms are above the cells, which means that there's a secret doorway and a secret way from Mrs. Tilney's rooms down into the prison cells, which is where she is not only still alive, but being kept as a prisoner. So instead of wife in the attic... We have wife in the basement. Yes. It's the reverse of Jane Eyre, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wonder if this is where she got the um, the idea. Anyway, so we have Mrs. Tilney still alive in the basement. And Catherine is waiting to see if General Tilney's candle goes from 
Mrs. Tilney's rooms down into the cells. But if she doesn't see it, maybe she can go look. And not only does she look from her rooms, but she also goes into a different part of the house to get a better look. And she realizes, okay, well, I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to hear anything about him moving around because there are too many people up and about in the house because there's maids and people everywhere. So I'm going to wait until midnight. And after midnight, surely he's going to go down there because everybody will be quiet. So then she goes back to her rooms. And as the clock strikes midnight, it turns out Catherine has been asleep for about an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the section ends. That's exactly where the section ends. (laughs) So not only is General Tilney creeping on Catherine. (laughs) And was a bad husband, but he is still technically a bad husband because his wife is alive and in the basement. <laughs> Guys, it's the yellow wallpaper all over. <laughs> it's a lot of different books. It Definitely. Is, sure. It is, yeah. But I just find it so interesting that Catherine goes from like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. How silly of me to think that, you know, this this cupboard in, in the room was so important and that these receipts were so important. And it turns out that it's not to, oh my God, there's a woman in the basement. <laughs> It's it's a lovely jump, and I'm totally here to go on this journey with her. <laughs> least, I love it so much. At least someone is. I'd be like, Catherine, slow your roll, girl. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very much like Catherine, slow your roll, girl. But at the same time, I'm having so much fun with this part. Like, the cream part of the cookies of these chapters is so good. It is. It's like feeding me. <laughs> it's the rest of it that's just like trudge, trudge, trudge. Oh my gosh, more stupid shit from Catherine. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, I did not realize how much I would love it <laughs> until we started talking about it. <laughs> But yeah, I can't wait to read the next section. I know there's only two more sections left for us to read. Are you sure this time that we only have pretty two sure? Left? Okay, I'm pretty sure. Let me look. Okay. Like, where are we at in here? Oh yeah, there's not much left. Okay. Um, okay. I will say for like, I know you know there were like a lot of really exciting and interesting parts in this section, but I feel like this is the longest. Or the sorry, I feel like this is the biggest chunk we've read mm, um, in terms of like grouping chapters together, just because there's so much description. Yeah, these chapters. I think the the journey is one chapter. The whole first night is one chapter, and then like the garden is one chapter, and then the house is another chapter, and yeah. they're just thick with description. So like mm-hmm. we didn't really touch on a lot of the description. Um, but there's a lot there. So if you're looking for like really intricate details about like houses from this time, definitely pick up those sections of this book. It's yeah. intense. Yeah. They are really interesting. Even the mm-hmm. part which we didn't bring up, but let me just throw it out here when they go down into the kitchens and they're describing it. And that's mm-hmm. like, even though it's filled with like the modern conveniences of the time for mm-hmm. a kitchen like that, the walls were still very much covered in like smoke from like you know 50 Mm -hmm. to 100 years of people cooking down there and stuff like that so that part was largely untouched whereas there was a section of the house that Catherine comes to find that was much older and it was torn down because it was crumbling and falling apart and it was rebuilt in a modern style and Mm -hmm. she is just scandalized oh yeah she is very unhappy very unhappy (laughs) But She's I mean, like I get bringing it. the historical society <laughs> down on General Tilney, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, but yeah, so that was this section. Yeah. Uh, we'll be taking a look at chapters 24 through 27 next time. Yes. And um, I'm actually kind of excited that this next section is happening the week of halloween oh snap i didn't even think of that yeah so like this episode that we're talking now is going to come out the wednesday before halloween but the one that we post the next time will we will be recording the weekend of halloween and it is it's pretty ideal 
spooky spooky i hope i don't yes. really know i haven't read it before but yeah so- <laughs> i think if i'm remembering how how the rest of the story goes in terms of the timeline i think this is the part that's going to be really good uh-huh. um, at least i'm hoping so so yeah so while you guys are doing whatever you're doing on halloween think of us sitting here recording about spooky shit so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh that is it for us and thanks yes. for listening and see you guys next time Bye. Bye. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at withbeyondmeasure.com. Or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBM Podcast.